The views and opinions expressed by Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Go! And all. I am indeed Professor Charles Porterfield, and hoodoo is my business. Welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. And tonight I got a lot to say. Who knows? We might even run over a little bit. We're going to be talking a little later on in the show about the devil. Old Scratch himself, as well as going out into the woods and talking a little bit about Devil's Bit. So, we're going to have some tunes, we're going to have some laughs, and hopefully a good old time. Tonight, before we head across the hall uh, to where our own Phil Patchy Fogg is back from Kansas City with us and the news... I've got a couple of little things to cover. First of all, I would like to uh, establish, uh, because a lot of this is going around today, that uh, Miss Ruby D, uh, who was an incredible and talented performer and a civil rights activist in her own right, did not die today. She died on this date last year. And also Rue McCallaghan, also a very talented actress herself, did not die today. She died five years 
So just thought you all would like to know that, since everyone's passing all that around about how they died today. However, today it is my sad duty to tell you that we did lose a very great performer, a man of many languages and many skills, Sir Christopher Lee, passed on this day. And at least for myself, he will be very greatly missed. Off you go to recon ahead for us, Sir Christopher. I also got a letter this week. And before we go to the news, I want to read it. This came to me by e via email. And it is from an, uh, an anonymous source. And the anonymous source writes... Dear Professor Porterfield, greatly love the Now You Know show. Wonderful time every week. You are so very funny. However, I was wondering if you might stop doing the professor pontifications. I would like to hear you instead take up time each week to tell us a little more about hoodoo that we can do. Lots of love anonymous. Well, let me respond to you, anonymous. Thank you so much. I'm so very glad that you enjoy the show. Why do I not do exactly that? Why do I not just get rid of the pontification and spend 40 minutes each week telling you how to make mojo bags or how to set lights or what to do when you go down to the crossroads, or how to properly use war water or peace water, how to make four thieves vinegar, the list goes on and on and on. Well, there are a couple of reasons. The first reason is because the LMC Radio Network already offers you that. That's right, because on Sundays we have the do Root Work Hour with our own Miss Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali. And each and every week they bring in a worker from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers and they talk about exactly that sort of thing. And that whole show is dedicated to that and readings, along with a free spell. And also because we have on Sacred Ground with Kai Armand each week when he talks about a variety of different things uh, in spiritual practices and, and the spirits of the land and ancestors. Then, every Monday, Candelo's Corner is on. And my good brother Candelo brings in all sorts of guests and all sorts of speakers on all sorts of topics, and they talk about all sorts of things like that. So that's the first reason. We're already doing it, kids. Tune in. The second reason is because I am not here to simply tell you how to do hoodoo. That would be simple and easy. It would be just a sort of a clearinghouse. And there's a problem with that. The problem with that is that this is not just a movable feast. This is not just information to be consumed and run off with and done what you like with. This information exists within a framework and within a context, both culturally and otherwise, and that needs to be understood. And so in my own small way, 
I try each week bring that to the pontification. There's been some talk recently about quote-unquote radio show hosts who think they're all that and the end-all and be-all of hoodoo. Let me set the record straight right here and right now. I do not in any way think that whatsoever. I am just an old conjure doctor from Texas doing what I do, and I have been lucky and graced enough to be allowed to have a live mic every week by the LMC Radio Network and our fantastic sponsors at Lucky Mojo Curio Company. So that's why the pontifications will go on, and I hope that you get something from them each and every week. Outside of that, the only news around here is summer has hit early in Texas, and we have already topped 100 one day, and it's uh, at 8.09 p.m. still in the 90s. So that's what's going on in my little part of the world, and now let's go over to our own Phil Patchy Fogs part of the world across the, across the, the hallway here and see what he has to say. Take it away, Patchy. Good evening. Today is Thursday, June 11th, the 162nd day of 2015. There are 10 days until summer begins and 203 days left in the year. Today is an auspicious day to destroy pests and weeds, prune to discourage growth, and cut hay. Tomorrow will be an auspicious day to cut hair, to discourage growth, and ground crops. Once again, today is an auspicious day to destroy pests and weeds, prune to discourage growth, and cut hay. Tomorrow, cut hair to discourage growth and harvest below ground crops. Our highlight from history comes to us today from June 11, 1919, when Sir Barton won the Belmont Stakes, becoming the first Triple Crown winner. On this date in 1770, Captain James Cook, commander of the British ship Endeavour, discovered the Great Barrier Reef off of Australia by running into it. In 1942, the United States and the Soviet Union signed a Lend-Lease Agreement to aid the Soviet war effort in World War II. In 1959, the Saunders Roe Nautical One, the first operational hovercraft, was publicly demonstrated off the southern coast of England. In 1962, three prisoners at Alcatraz in San Francisco Bay staged an escape, leaving the island on a makeshift raft. They were never found or heard from again. In 1963, Buddhist monk Thich Quang Duc set himself afire on a Saigon street to protest the government of South Vietnamese President no Dean Dim. In 1975, Robert Altman's ensemble musical drama Nashville, released by Paramount Pictures, opened in New York. In 1977, 
Seattle Slough won the Belmont Stakes, capturing the Triple Crown. And in 1993, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that people who commit hate crimes motivated by bigotry may be sentenced to extra punishment. The court also ruled religious groups had a constitutional right to sacrifice animals in worship services. Today's birthday greetings go out to actor Gene Wilder, who is 82. Comedian Johnny Brown is 78. Singer Joey D, 75. Actress Adrian Barbeau is 70. Rock musician Frank Beard of ZZ Top is 66. Actor Peter Bergman, 62. Actor-comedian Hugh Laurie, 56. Singer Joya Bruno of Expose, 52. Rock musician Dan Lavery of Tonic, 49. Actress Claire Carey, 48. Actor Peter Dinklage, 46. Country musician Smilin' Jerry McDonald is also 46. Actor Lenny Jacobson, 41. Rock musician Ty Anderson of Third Day, 39. Actor Joshua Jackson, 37. And actor Shia LaBeouf is also 29. Our thought for the day comes from British author and commentator Malcolm Mudridge, born 1903, died 1990, who said, People do not believe lies because they have to, but because they want to. We now send you over to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Number. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition, or even make me suspicious. Table with thirteen dishes, it will make me. That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay, yeah. Put my trust in goof of dust. Cause you know some days may bring you a seven. Or oh, maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that's you in heaven. Lucky number for me, yeah. Oh, yes, and you need not. Just put your trust in goofer dust like the Nicholas Brothers because we have the lucky numbers for you. That's right. This week's lucky numbers come to us from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not go over there and check it out? And they are 4, 11, 22, 35, 51, and 56. Once again, those numbers are 4, 11, 22, 35, 51, and 56. This is the second week for 56 to show up in our sequence, so be on the lookout for it. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 114. That's 114. 365, 
that's 365, and 613, that's 613. And we have an interesting situation this week, because this week, our card of the week is last week's card of the week. That's right, last week was ruled over by the Queen of Diamonds, as is this week. The Queen of Diamonds, the mistress, a sensual and sexual woman. This continues last week's influence of amorous, sexual, and sensual feelings, but mounts it up another step, bringing in feelings of physical completion and a stirring of new life. This is a good week for love affairs, as well as illicit meetings and gatherings and sensual times. But, just like last week, be careful not to let debauchery lead to destruction or harm. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know Show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, remember where you get. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, the Professor's Pontification. When you hear it this evening, I hope you'll use a, a little sympathy, a little taste. Bombay. 
pontification. And our topic tonight is a sympathetic devil, or all the good little Eichmanns just keep marching along. This one might get a little complex, so try and follow along with me, if you will. In our practice of hoodoo, root work, and, uh, well, you know, all that stuff, conjure, there is certainly, within the normative pattern and framework of that, a cultural basis in Protestant Christianity. But not every practitioner is a Protestant Christian. I myself happen to be a Jew. And because hoodoo is not of itself a religious practice or a set of actions done by a religion, some people come at it in a very sort of amoral fashion. For them, it's merely a matter of effect, of power. It's just a tool to be used however the hell they please. And we have had, perhaps always, a situation where this leads to certain practitioners who go about their work in an amoral fashion. Now, is this going to be a big, long diatribe by me telling everybody that you need some churching up. Not necessarily, although I'm sure that you know you might need some churching up. But this has led to a kind of a, a disorder, or a disease, or an illness, or a sickness, if you will, that we see not just in our practice, but or in our community, but in the larger community of the world. And I want to touch on that for a moment. There's a lot of I'm all right, Jack, get your own that goes around in the world these days. There's a lot of a cold-heartedness, a lack of empathy, a failure to understand, a failure to cross the bridge to where the other fellow stands in our world these days. And that has always been. But we are in a time where this has become almost people that refuse to see that there are ills because they got theirs, Jack. Find your own. They live in safe, secluded, often barred little communities. And so they believe that everybody who has any trouble must have brought it on themselves. They have no sympathy. They have no taste. And they certainly have no empathy. We have people that cheer when they see someone else who doesn't necessarily deserve it, just randomly happen, get the shit kicked out of them. There's a lot of chuckling. There's a lot of laughing up the sleeve. And there's a lot of just doing as you're told, not making waves. A lot of good little Eichmanns leading to a kind of a sensation in the air these days that 
at least one author has called the banality of evil, the viciousness of evil, not that I'm going to go out of my way to be evil. I'm going to go out of my way to hurt people and cause people. No, no, no. The banality of evil. When evil just becomes the way shit is. Well, it's a damn shame. So what I got to do Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You were going to get to the point, what does that got to do with hoodoo? Well, when I said that there's this kind of a disorder, this kind of a sickness in our community, I meant exactly that. You see, we deal in results. That's just a fact. You don't come to a root worker to not get results. You don't come to a root worker to be, you know, have your chain yanked, be spun around, be shammed and taken by fraud. No, you come to a root worker because you have a need. So we deal in results. And when we start dealing in results, there's this thing that happens. The thing that happens is we get results. Do all of us get all the results all the time? No, and thank God. But we get results. There is curse work. There is death work, death spells. There is love work. There's all sorts of different things, prosperity. And we are in the business of getting results. And when you get a result, it becomes a part of your life part of the arsenal of what you have at your fingertips. Now, before you get this twisted up, this is not some big plea on my part about, can't we all just get along? No, I'm not saying that. There are some people that do occasionally need a good slap in the chops. They've brought it on themselves. There are that need to be put in their place because they are the servants of injustice, intolerance, the oppressors, the thieves, the wicked. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm trying to get at is this. When you have this result-making ability in your arsenal, it changes you. And you have to be careful of that change. You see, each week I get up here because these people give me a live mic. I, I still don't know quite why. but eh. And I try to pass on a little bit of uh, advice. It may not be sagely, but it's what I got. I try to give you a few tools to help you. And what I'm talking about right now is this. When you get these results, it changes you. It doesn't necessarily change you for good. It doesn't necessarily change you for evil, but it changes you changes your perspective of the world. It is power. Now the old chestnut is that power corrupts and ultimate power corrupts ultimately. But I am not a great believer in that. I don't believe that power necessarily is singularly a corruptive force. Sometimes it's people with power that say that. The same way rich men say money doesn't buy happiness. That's because they've got a good thing. Find your own, Jack. No, I don't believe that power corrupts in and of itself. 
I believe it can be corrupted. I believe that you must make a choice about yourself to keep it from being corruptive. And that becomes the crux of the matter. You see, a lot of people start to puff up. They start to say, hey, I know what I'm doing, and you best watch out for me. You best never turn your face to me the wrong way. You best never cross me. You best watch yourself with me. When you meet me, use some sympathy and some taste, because if you don't, I'll lay your soul to waste. They start to get ego all wrapped up around the new power and the new tools they have. And what does this lead to? We end up with people that are scared of their own root worker. I'm not saying they're scared of some other root worker. I'm not saying they're scared somebody else is burning a candle on them. I'm not saying they're scared somebody else is taking them down to graveyard. I'm saying they're scared of their own worker. Not respectful, not polite, not mannerful, not honorific, not having good manners, scared of their own root worker. And a lot of people, they like to spooky it up, the nitty and the gritty. We've talked about that before. They want to put on this big show of why you should be scared of them. Now, if it were all a big show, if it were all an act, if it were all atmosphere and aesthetic, there would be no goddamn need for this conversation. The problem is that it's not all dressing and aesthetic. There are workers who get so caught up in their own ego, so caught up in their own power, so caught up in the fact that they really can make results, and they can, that they become a kind of a menace to themselves. And then a menace to everybody else. They get such a goddamn reputation. They're so tough that they start walking around with a chip on their shoulder. They become a kind of little devil in and of themselves. They take delight in misfortune. Now again, so you don't get it twisted up, am I saying, can't we all get along? Can't we all project pure white light? No, fuck that shit. Fuck that. Okay? There is a time to sow, there is a time to reap. There is a time to mend, there is a time to rip. There is a time for life, there is a time for death. There's a time for peace, and there's a time for war. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a strong hand. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have the ability to get these kinds of results. What I'm saying is that when you let these kinds of results take you over... When you let that power consume you, what's left? Who are you anymore? Why should any goddamn client come to you for anything but cursing and killing? How are you now falling under the very words of James 4, 7? How are you not now the one that I mean when I say, run, devil, run? You've just this little pile of squiggly darkness over in the squiggly darkness corner with the squiggly darkness shadows all around the squiggly darkness imps. Because you've lost your way. You're not standing in two worlds anymore. 
You don't have the sunshine. All you've got is the night. All you have is the moon. You've lost the sun. And I'm not saying either is better. I'm saying you have to forge a path for yourself. You have to know when and where and how. And when you turn that around and you start using that against your own clients, when your own clients fear you, not fear your ability with respect, not the kind of fear that a rational man has for fire, which is the reason you engage in fire safety. No, I mean fear, absolute terror, absolute dread. What the fuck use are you? Oh, sure, you can do your cursing, you can do your killing, but your own people are scared. And who do you gather to? You like-minded people, because no normal goddamn son of a bitch is going to want to hang out with you. You got spiders crawling all you all the time. All you're doing is drinking blood. All you're doing is talking about the darkness this and the darkness that and the killing this and the killing that and nobody better mess with me and nobody better look at me sideways and nobody better ever fucking do anything towards me because I'll kill a son of a bitch if he blinks at me. So the only people that are hanging out with you are like-minded people. So now you're all off in the squiggly darkness corner with your spiders and your blood and all of that. And that would be fine if you would come the fuck out of the squiggly darkness corner every fucking once in a while and come out into the light and help people who needed prosperity help or love help or needed a little healing, or need a little balm, or need a little encouragement, or need a little strength, but all the fuck you know how to do is kill and cackle. Now you gotta find a realtor to buy you a fucking decaying tower in the fucking swamp someplace. You gotta go in there, you know, the flooring's all fucked up, you know, you gotta have plumbing put in the place. Now you live in the fucking swamp in a decaying tower, cackling as the lightning flashes and the thunder rolls. You become like something out of a goddamn comic book. Again, this isn't a discussion about power. This isn't a discussion about should you or shouldn't you. This is a discussion about limits and balance. This is a discussion about not just going along with the fucking crowd. Because you see, we got enough goddamn evil in the fucking world. Some days I can't breathe for it. Some days I dare not turn on the goddamn news. TV, the radio, the newspaper, or the fucking computer. Because all that's left is evil. We got children being killed, murdered, raped. We got people being oppressed. We got assholes in office saying, oh, you can't adopt kids if, if you're gay, or if you're lesbian, or if I just don't like you, if the color of your hair ain't white. We got people trying to take the vote back away from honest, hardworking people. We got a prison system pipeline that says, hey, man, if I put everybody who I think won't vote for me in fucking prison, they can't vote no fucking more. They don't need for any goddamn more evil. We got so much goddamn evil around here, it's cloying, it's choking, it's like smoke in the goddamn room. Now, that doesn't mean you should not do appropriate, hard-handed work. That's not what I'm saying. Nor am I telling you, oh, you all got to be workers like me. What I'm saying is, when you let this take you over, you ain't no different. You ain't no different. You're just like all those jokers. You're just sitting around, wallowing, 
Because that's what it is, wallowing in your own ability, in your own power, okay? And power is a motherfucker. Because you get a taste of it when you ain't never had none, and it will spin your head right the fuck off your shoulders. A lot of us come out of a place of powerlessness. We didn't grow up rich. We didn't grow up entitled. We didn't grow up on this side of the track, that side of the track. We didn't grow up into the beautiful little gated community. A lot of us have do not have the complexion for the protection. I do. A lot of us do not. Okay? A lot of us have a lot going against us, and you get a little taste of that power, and power is a motherfucker. So is fame. And we've talked about fame and how that can lead you down the road to your own destruction. Tonight I want to talk about how your own power can lead you down the road to your own destruction. When people can't approach you anymore, what the fuck use are you? When little old grandmas living in Georgia, Mississippi, Tallahassee, South Carolina, Idaho, I don't give a fuck, are too scared to call you. Or they look at you in your practice and they say, well, he ain't going to help my grandson. She ain't going to do nothing for my daughter-in-law. They evil. What the fuck use are you anymore? Now, you can go too far the other way. You can become so airy-fairy, light, and pure this and pure that, that again, you ain't no use to nobody. This is a double-edged sword. But tonight we're talking about this side of it. Some other week we'll talk about the other side of it. When you become a kind of a magical gangster, when people are afraid to talk to you, or people feel like they got to bow down and kiss your ass, put their lips on your ring, humble themselves, just to get a little bit of your time. What use are you? You're no longer of the people. You're no longer with them. You don't understand their concerns anymore. You don't understand their concerns because if somebody looks at you side-eyed, you just take them to the graveyard. you so busy off in the squiggly darkness corner that all you do is spread darkness. And here's a further problem. You're not even fighting fire with fire anymore. You've just become fire. And that makes you no different than all those fucking cops who run up and say, uh, I have power. I'm going to exhibit it. I'm going to throw little teenagers, little middle schoolers down on the ground, sit on them. I'm going to shoot men in the back because I can shoot people in the back. I got the power. See, I got the gun. I got the power. I know they won't convict me. So I can do whatever the fuck I want. You've become them. Now, right now, you may be recoiling. Right now, in fact, you may be ready to take me to the graveyard. Well, that's okay. You know, I get that. I didn't come into this conversation unprepared or with a fantasy in my head. But I say this to you because... The thing you need to realize about your power is exactly that. that You have power. You work in the business of results. You don't have to be like all those cops. You don't have to be like all those people down uh, Gitmo, torturing people and laughing about it and taking pictures and going, boy, we really got that fucker today. Can make change in the world. 
if you will just do it to the same extent that you do all this squiggly darkness bullshit. And as you're doing this, you're wearing yourself down, partner. You're wearing yourself down. Because your empathy is dying. Your empathy is dying. Day by day. It's like a lovely little plant that you got when you were a child, about four years old, if you want to look at it from a psychological standpoint. About four years old, you got this beautiful little plant. And this beautiful little plant helped you to be a decent human being. Because it told you what other people were going through. And it let you feel what other people were feeling. And it let you experience it. And then offer them aid and sympathy, empathy, care, love. But you're killing that plant. You're not just leaving it alone and letting it slowly die on the vine because you've forgotten what empathy is about. You're so busy needing to be so big, so tough, so powerful, so dark, that you've forgotten what it means to be small, weak, and powerless. And the people that are coming to you with their hard-earned goddamn money they're hard-earned goddamn money. You know how much extra money it takes in your fucking life to spend on a root doctor? There are people in this motherfucking country who don't have medical insurance. Think about that for a minute. There are people that can't go to the dentist. There are people that can't go to the doctor. And they come to you. Man, if that doesn't put a lump in your throat, you have started to lose your way. These people bring you their hard-earned money. Because they need your power, your strength, your height, your wisdom, your broad shoulders. And if all you've got is darkness to sell, they don't need it. They've already got it. They've got it in their lives every day. They're already oppressed, fucked over, poor, got no goddamn medical insurance. Work as many hours as the boss can get out of them without giving them overtime or benefits. They got a kid who's being fucked over by the fucking school system. They don't own their own property. They rent every fucking thing. They never own anything. They're never going to go anywhere. They come from the dust. They go to the dust. And they need you. And all you got to offer them is more of the same fucking bullshit. Anger, darkness, hatred, vengeance, killing. It's on every fucking street corner, in every fucking town, in motherfucking America. Does that mean we all need to project light? No. Again, listen to me. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there has to be a time and a place. Turn, turn, turn. There has to be both things. If your left hand is strong, but your right hand is weak, well, eventually I'm going to smack you on the right-hand side. If your right hand is strong and your left hand is weak, I'm going to come at you up on your left. You gotta have both your hands, both your fists to be strong and not lose your way. And more importantly, you have to not that the whole society is being spoon fed. You have to not be a little Eichmann. You have to not be no offense to those of German heritage, it's an expression, a good German. You have to not just go on and follow along. Because if you do, then you are a part of it. And so 
I'm not selling blue skies and bullshit here. This isn't some sort of candy cane crap that I'm spewing. I'm not saying be weak. I'm saying stand tough. I'm not saying lay down. I'm saying stand up. I'm not saying let yourself be abused and used and pushed around. I'm saying fight back when you've got to fight back. But don't just become some sympathetic devil lurking around in the darkness with no other options available to you. Some of you may say, but I'm really good at it. It's my gift. I understand that. I have a gift of a similar nature. But that doesn't have to be the only thing you can do. And find ways you can use that gift in other ways. Use your brain. Talk to your elders. Talk to your friends, your brothers and your sisters, your mothers and your fathers. And talk to your children. Because remember, what you're making lasts. You're in the business of results. So don't just go crawl off into the darkness. It may start as an aesthetic, but eventually you can't find your way the fuck back out of the darkness. And there you are. Sometimes you can get so blinded in the light, you can't find your way into the shade. So I guess all I'm saying is do your best. Appreciate your power. Appreciate your ability. Don't get overwhelmed with it. Just like I told you before, earlier episode, not to let fame overwhelm you. Don't let your own power overwhelm you to where all you do is get ready to kill a motherfucker because he looked at you wrong. It wasn't always great. That's a lie. We've always had troubles. We had troubles yesterday, we got troubles today, and we're going to have troubles tomorrow. But things have been different. And although we come from two different places, Coolio and I, I also remember. I didn't know Wore the wrong colors Cause I didn't 
to have this game called paperball. Paperball? The fuck is that? Get a piece of paper, ball that motherfucker up and play with it. <laughs> I got the alcohol that used to wake you up like a rooster. Back when I was young, I used to be a booster. Stealing candy from the stove, throw the school come up. I had the whole playground, chewing all my gum up. You know what I'm saying? Playing still to the chest. And I was the best playing kickball that reset. I played pop corner, golden bears, and losers. We used to hop corners on the fresh cruisers. I had all the women cause my tough skins had creases And it's been that way since day one Girls of the world ain't nothing but fun I used to watch Dr. J Come through in a clutch Remember New Zoo Review And Starsky and Hutch I remember lunchtime We used to rhyme out loud Peace to the WAP and the hip-hop crowd I remember
the longest-running conjure show in the universe, it may be heard from 3 o'clock to 4.30 Pacific Time, Sunday afternoons. On Mondays, get ready for Candelo's Corner, starring Candelo Cambisa. This is the meeting place for all esoteric traditions. Candelo brings his insight as a polero and eclectic spiritualist to his interviews with peers in Afro-Caribbean lineages, as well as representatives of numerous other spiritualities and religions. You can hear Candela's Corner Monday evenings from 5 to 7 Pacific Time. Tuesdays feature two wonderful shows to suit your taste. On the Crystal Silence League Hour, John St. Germain provides spiritual guidance and tips on the practical use of crystals and crystal balls. His show starts at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and lasts for one hour. Next is In the Streets with Beverly Smith. Beverly provides up-to-the-minute reports on civil and social rights issues. Her one-hour show airs on Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. On Wednesday nights, come out and join Liquid Libations. Andrea Weston hosts this informal sharing and showcasing of poetry, short stories, and spoken word performances, contributed by novices and professional wordsmiths. Call in and read your work. Liquid libations may be heard on Wednesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time. And on Saturdays, Kai Armand broadcasts On Sacred Ground, a tapestry of our times comprising history, ethnography, and shamanism, featuring the voices of the land and the deceased, aided by scholars, spirit workers, and environmentalists. Kai's show airs from noon to 1.30 p.m. Pacific Time. All shows on the LMC Radio Network are sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, located in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Add three hours for Eastern. Tax and license may apply. Train departure times and Burma shape signs subject to change without notice. LMC. Thank you, Troll. That's our own Troll Talahead Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network bringing us that great information each and every week. And now we're going to go across the hall to where our own Wink Winkerson is waiting to say a few words. Take it away, Wink. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Wink Winkerson, here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of Forestville, California. Did you know that Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop and a real magical store that you can visit? They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including occult oils, incense, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and Spell kits for those who cast magical spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells in the African-American hoodoo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions. That's right. Why not come see them at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. You can bring the kids to see the trains at it simply amazing, and then take a few moments in quiet reflection and prayer at the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, the world's smallest church, and then go into the shop and browse through the aisles through hundreds of various and different and beautiful products. Once again, that's the Lucky Mojo Curio Company at 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. But if you can't get there, friends, 
Why not go see them on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com? It'll be worth your time. <laughs> well, th- thanks, Wink. That's, you know, if you ever need a fast commercial, you get Wink Winkerson to do it. Because I, I don't actually believe that Wink breathes. I'm not sure. I think he may have learned some sort of double breathing sort of technique, or maybe he breathes through his eyes. I'm I'm not really sure. But up next, a little segment I like to call... That's right, the secrets of scriptural sorcery, and tonight we're going to be talking about the devil. That's right, we're just going to be talking about the devil. We're not going to be talking about me and the devil. upon my door Early this morning ooh, When you knocked upon my door And I said, hello, Satan I believe it's time to go Was walking side by side. Me and the devil was walking side by side. And I'm going to be my woman until I get satisfied. You don't see why That you would dog me round Now baby, you know you ain't doing me right, don't you? She said you don't see why That you would dog me round It must be that old evil spirit So deep down in the ground Baby, I don't care where you bear my body when I'm dead and gone. You may bear my body. Down by the highway side. So my old evil spirit can catch a gray on birth and rub. That was, of course, Robert Johnson with Me and the Devil Blues. And that leads us into our our Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery this week, which our topic is about the devil. Oh, yes, that old devil, old Nick, old Scratch, old Splitfoot, der Torfel, the devil, 
the Prince of Darkness, the Fallen Angel. This is a very complex issue. And I told you we might go a little over tonight because this is going to take a little bit of time. Right about now, some folks are probably saying, Good heavens! Oh, Lord! Why, of all the things in the world, is the professor talking about the devil? Well, the professor's talking about the devil because it occurs the devil comes up in hoodoo, okay? That's just the damn truth of it. And it gets damn complex when the devil shows up in hoodoo. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about that old funny fella himself. Now, the devil himself, as he is conceptualized in modern society and fiction, uh, etc., is not really a part of the mainstream Judaic practices or history. There's really no overt concept of the devil in Judaism. However, Christianity and Islam have variously regarded the devil as a rebellious fallen angel or a jinn that tempts humans to sin, if not committing evil deeds his very self. And in these religions, particularly during periods of division or external threat, the devil has assumed more of a dualistic status commonly associated with heretics, infidels, and other unbelievers. So there's a complex history behind that old devil and what he does and what he's a part of. And in hoodoo, this becomes even more complex because of meeting the devil at the crossroads, which you know I'm going to talk a little bit about. Now, before I get into that, let me say this. You're about to hear opinions. You're not necessarily going to hear facts, because facts are often hard to come by. And as always, I encourage you to go out and do your own scholarship and find out for yourself. But we do have in Hoodoo this act of going down to the crossroads to meet the devil. How Ever. It is my belief, now did you hear those words? It is my belief that this is not the Luciferian devil that is being discussed. And certainly, and without question, this is not opinion, the acts that one engages in when one goes and meets the devil at the crossroads are not within the framework and context of a Faustian devil which is a very European kind of thing. This is not, you know, the devil and Daniel Webster devil. This is not the going down and we write out a contract and two and 20 years and all of this and there's a big opera about it and a guy in a red cloak. No, 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 no. This is a very different sort of figure. This is said to be the black man. Now, I must say that by that, that is not meant nor is it reported by African-Americans to be an African-American man. This is not saying, this man is black the way I am black, when we read 
and when we talk to the people who are African Americans who go down and go to the crossroads, they mean this figure is black. Black like the color black. Like an ink pen black all over. Tongue is black. Whites of his eyes are black. He's black. Okay? Like the night. And sometimes it has been suggested that before he comes, you will be uh, confronted by or see a set of black animals, a black snake, a black cat, a black rooster, a black horse. Now, there is a lot of hot debate about where this figure comes from. Some people feel that they can prove that this is a retention back to Africa and that the black man is associated with crossroad deities okay, from Africa. Others believe that this is a European influence and that this black man is similar to the black man that one meets at the crossroads in European witchcraft. And it becomes complex because of what outsiders have to say. Outsiders say that this in Europe is a Luciferian devil, that he has wings, that you sell your soul to him, that there's a contract, there's pricking, there's blood, you have to kiss his ass, this, that, and the other thing. However, there are a number of people who have written, and I encourage you to go find it on your own because I'm not going to cite to you every piece of writing that's been done on this, that the devil in witchcraft, when one goes to the crossroads to meet the devil, is the same devil because he does not sell or buy your soul to sell you great things, riches and wealth, but instead, for the deal, gives you skill and knowledge. And that is the big difference here. In hoodoo, the devil at the crossroads doesn't give you gold or treasure finding or your fondest wishes desire. He traditionally gives you skill with something, normally involving manual dexterity, but not always, but that is normative. So in other words, a guitar, a fiddle, dice throwing, playing cards, perhaps if you're a carpenter, maybe skill at your carpentry, and knowledge. And so this separates him from that Luciferian and that Faustian model. But that all being said, we do see a kind of Luciferian figure being used in hoodoo. In a hoodoo practice, there is the employment of the image of a red devil, often used to guard one's property. Now, it just so happens that lie uh, is often used for this, and there was and is a particular brand of lie called red devil lie, and that, at least it used to be when I was a kid, it was sold with a drawing of the devil and his pitchfork on it. And you would use that to help uh, protect your property from oh, malicious individuals who wanted to lay a trick or put down powders on you. You would bury a red devil lie with the devil facing out at the four corners of your property to guard it. But there is also, in hoodoo, a use of a devilish, a Luciferianly-looking devil figural candle, all right, which has elements of both the Teutonic and the Christian devil. He has horns, and he carries 
the old pagan trident or, you know, or gig. Uh, but he's wingless, so he doesn't appear to be of angelic or, origin. But he is surrounded, the figural candle is surrounded by the depiction of flames. And figural candles like this are used by practitioners of not only hoodoo, but also occultism for, to obtain certain desires. Red devil figural candles are said to cause someone to burn with lust and are used in spells of sexual domination. Black devil candles are believed to drive away unwanted associates or to cause harm to an enemy. Green devil candles are alleged to have the power to compel a debtor to repay money. And they're also burned by folks who wish to have easy money without much labor. And then we do see the devil make his appearance in products like devil oil, devil incense powder, devil's, devil's sachet powder. And, of course, we have the antithesis. We have the removal of the devil through such products as run, devil, run oil and powder and incense. So the devil plays a part in hoodoo and in conjure, whether it is the misunderstood devil, meaning that devil who is not actually the Luciferian devil, that devil who is actually the crossroads devil, or whether it is the actual devil of great Christian fame who dwells in hell and does that, but he has his place in this. And if you go out and you start to study this, you'll find that it will open up more and more and more and more and more for you. But I will give you a word to the wise now by telling you that this is an amazingly complex issue. And you're not going to find easy answers. In fact, if you start finding much easy answers, you've probably already gotten off the path. Because there is a great deal of confusion as to this figure and where he comes from. He starts off in the old German tradition as a kind of a wood imp or entity. There's the Christian fallen angel. There's the Islamic evil jinn. The even, to some extent, the Judaic angel who is not fallen, who acts as God's prosecutor, uh, the, the kind of prosecution for the offense, as it were. And there is also this crossroads-dwelling entity as well. And that's all been thrown into one big pot. So you're going to have to go in there and use your tastes very carefully to start trying to pick out what spice is what and finding the way you need to use it. But I will say this. The devil has his uses, both positive and negative, just as in Hoodoo you can send folks to the devil, you can drive away other evil towards the devil, etc. So I encourage you to go and take a look at that. We could fill up more than an hour just talking about this, but I've given you a taste to make you hungry and get you going. Up next, we're not going into the kitchen. We're going out to the woods to talk about something rare and beautiful and wonderful. And now we're going to have our name it and claim it. You're all going to think you know it. But the only one who will win the name it and claim it this week is the person who gets it all just right. Who is this and what is the song? 
The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet and you're going to regret because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, you're rising up your bow and play your fiddle hard. Cause hell broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards. And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold. But if you lose, the devil gets your soul. Opened up his case and he said, I'll start this show. And fire flew from his fingertips as he rosined up his bow. And he pulled the bow across the strings and it made an evil hiss. And then a band of demons joined in and it sounded something like this. Johnny said, well, you're pretty good, old son, but sit down in that chair right there and let me show you how it's done. Fire on the mountain, run, boys, run. The devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken in the bread pan, picking out dough. Granny, let your dog fight, no child, no. devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat. And he laid that golden fiddle on the ground at Johnny's feet. Johnny said, devil, just come on back if you ever want to try again. I done told you once, you son of a bitch, I'm the best there's ever been. He played fire on the mountain, run, boys, run. Devil's in the house with the rising sun. The chicken in the bread pan, picking out dough. Granny, we don't fight, no child, no. Charlie Daniels, it's the Charlie Daniels Band. Many people say 
oh, devil in Georgia or whatever, but it's the devil went down to Georgia and our own troll towel had had the answer correct. The Charlie Daniels band with the devil went down to Georgia. Congratulations, troll. You'll be receiving a lovely gift, which is probably just me saying congratulations. Tonight, we're going to go out into the woods and we're going to talk about something rare and beautiful. We're going to talk about Devil's Bit, Scabious. Now, why do I say it is rare and beautiful? It is rare and beautiful because it is difficult, some even say almost impossible, to find. And certainly you will find great difficulty in finding a commercial source for it. But that does not mean that it is impossible. But I'm going to tell you right now that if you want Devil's Bit, here's what you're going to probably have to do. You're going to have to go and find a commercial grower, a greenhouse or other individual, and you're probably going to have to purchase Devil's Bit. And when it comes to you, it's probably going to be a rather sad-looking little plant because it's traveled to get to you. And you're going to have to plant it and nurture it and love it and take care of it and grow it yourself. And then, after all your pain and all your trouble, the part you're going to be using is going to be the root. And so that means that to collect it, you're going to have to then uproot that little plant. So, you're probably going to have to get more than one or two. Maybe you could start growing them carefully in your garden. It is a somewhat temperamental plant. And I tell you all this because I know this. I had need of devil's bit and have had need of devil's bit in the past, and I have done exactly what I just told you. And I encourage you to get your hands into the earth and learn how to tend for a plant, learn how to grow it, learn how to make it prosper, and then learn how to collect what you need from that plant, and then you're going to have to dry that root yourself, and all of that. I will say this, if you find a commercial individual that you do not know and trust, who does not have a long and respectable history, if you don't find someone like the Lucky Mojo Curio Company offering Devil's Bit, be careful. They may call anything Devil's Bit. But Devil's Bit has a very short, bitten-off looking root. And according to old European legend, it was so useful to mankind as a tea for coughs and fevers and in ointments for the treatment of skin diseases that the devil, consumed with anger over the plant's many virtues, bit its root half off, but that God allowed it to thrive with a stumpy root anyway. Devil's bit root is said to put a stop to any evil directed towards you. And here are a few examples of what you can use it. 
You can use it in a protective mojo or as a sprinkle and as an incense. Devil's bit root chips can be added to any protection mojo in conjunction with herbs like rue and agrimony to keep away evil and to return tricks an enemy may try to lay. You may sprinkle devil's bit chips outside your house or place them beneath the floor or under your rugs. It is said that if you burn devil's bit on charcoal at high noon, the fumes, just the fumes, will destroy an enemy's power to harm you. And some people mix devil's bit root chips into commercial incenses like Fiery Wall of Protection, Run Devil Run, or on Crossing, and burn them to shield themselves. So that should tell you right now about how useful this is. You can also use it house spirits while renting out or selling a property. Wash the premises from back to front with Chinese wash and ammonia in water, and then place small, wrapped and tied bundle of devil's bit root dressed with Van Van under the doorway. This will keep out any wandering spirits that might make protective renters or buyers uncomfortable, and also drive off evil-intentioned renters or buyers who do not mean to keep the contracts they sign, as well as trashy renters who might vandalize your property. Follow with a money-drawing wash inward at the door in to draw good renters or buyers. And you can also use it as a part of the famous devil hand for protection. To do this, you would combine a whole devil's root, nine pieces of devil's shoestring, and a devil pod in a black leather bag. On a small piece of paper, write the name of the person from whom you want to protect yourself, cross and cover the name with your name written three times, and fold the name paper around a pinch of devil's dung, folding away from you each time until it's a little tiny packet. Dress the packet with run devil run oil and place it in the bag. This is said to be amongst the strongest reversing hands that can be made. But, we said before, to do any of this work that we've talked about, you're going to have to dig your own devil's bit or grow it in your garden, for the whole root is not always available commercially. You should also know that scabious is an ingredient in ointments used to treat a variety of skin disorders and is boiled into a tea to make a good hair rinse for dandruff. Now, Right about now, some folks are saying, why, oh why, would you tell us about this powerful, potent, amazing, fantastic, wonderful thing that I can't just go out on the interwebs and get? Why would you do that, Professor? Well, I do that because it's time for you to get your hands dirty. Here we are at episode 30, goddamn three, of the Now You Know Show. It's time for you to get your hands dirty. I'm going to make it a little more difficult for you by telling you that Devil's Bit itself, oh yes, 
is primarily distributed throughout the British Isles, Western and Central Europe, extending eastward into Asia, and is absent from Eastern Asia and North America. It grows in wet or dry grasslands and heath on acidic or basic soils. Not an easy plant. You're not just going to find it around the corner. But you can get it. You can grow it. And I'm going to encourage you, when you go out, if you happen to find some, I don't know why, but it happens to be growing here, I'm going to tell you right now, do not just harvest it all for your little self. Time to learn some responsibility. If you want this potent, powerful root, and baby, it's as potent as it can be, you're going to have to get into that dirt. You're going to have to either order the whole plant and tend it and love it and grow it and then pull it up and harvest it. That's going to be bitter tears. You're going to feel that. Or you're going to have to get the seeds and figure out the earth and grow it yourself. And that's going to be an ordeal. But I guarantee you, after you've done either of those two things, not only will the potency of the plant be present, but the potency of the act will be present. You will have you something, and you will remember it. And you're hearing this from the horse. I did it myself, and you can too. So that's our little in the kitchen, although it was out in the woods, segment of the show this evening about Devil's Bit. And of course, our information comes not only from our own knowledge, but also each and every week from Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, a Materia Magica of African-American Conjure by our good friend, Miss Catherine Ironwood, and we thank her for its inclusion here every week. Well, didn't go too far over, boys and girls. We brought it in just a little past the wire. I would like to keep talking about this. There's a lot more that can be said about the devil. There's a lot more that can be said about Devil's Bid, and there's a lot more that can be said about people losing their way to their own power. I'd like to play a few more songs. I mean, I didn't get to play Devil in Disguise by Elvis Presley, or I didn't get to play Hellfire by Squirrel Nut Zippers, or there, there, I mean, there's all sorts of songs I want to play, but I mean, this is it. There's no more. This is this is the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end, uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. I'll leave Fort Worth, Texas, and go to Texas, Canada, and don't back to Fort Worth. I'm on down to Dallas, to call Kitty, coming through the territory in Kansas City, and Kansas City, St. Louis, and St. Louis, Chicago. Hotel, Grand Sling, Silver 
Street Depot. 